Listening to the Coffee Hour, I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. I am absolutely thrilled that we get to share more missionary stories today. Today we head to the Kingdom of Cambodia. I mm-hmm. think um, this is this is kind of exciting because now that we get to actually talk with our missionaries in the field and mm-hmm. and, and our friends who are serving in the field, um, it, it's just exciting to get to share stories from around the world. So let's go to Cambodia. JP and Amy Sima are. Uh, serving the Lord in the kingdom of Cambodia and joining us on the coffee hour today. Seema family, welcome to the coffee hour. Thank you. Thank you. Great to be here. So tell us about how the Lord has given you to serve in Cambodia. I know you both have uh, various ways in which you serve there. Let's start with JP. Yeah, the kingdom of Cambodia is a place where uh, there are few Christians uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of maybe 2% of the population. And yet we do actually have a vibrant and growing uh, Lutheran community in Cambodia through the efforts of many different uh, organizations over the years from Lutheran Hour Ministries to uh, Lutheran Heritage Foundation, Garuna Foundation, Concordia Welfare and Education Foundation, all of these different organizations that have been investing a lot of time and effort over many years and so we have this, uh, this growing Lutheran community that needs good teaching, mentorship. And so uh, my call is to serve the Cambodia Lutheran Church, primarily with theological education, but also with mentorship and really anything that they uh, desire from leading Bible studies for the youth group uh, at our local church or from uh, teaching, you know, multi-day seminars on a specific topic, any number of different uh, things come into play. And Amy, what about you? Uh, uh, what is what is your work in Cambodia? So I serve as a uh, mercy manager in the Asia region. So my role is a little bit different because although I am involved with the local church that we're a part of, helping with Sunday school and women's ministry, uh, my call is actually to serve uh, other missionaries in our Asia region uh, providing support and care for them uh, and helping with uh, administrative tasks. So then how, uh, how was life pre-pandemic for you in Cambodia? What, what did that day-to-day kind of look like for both of you and for your family? I imagine you've talked to enough missionaries now that the day-to-day question is fraught with (laughs) difficulties for the missionary. Um, There is no normal day-to-day, even pre-COVID. That being said, uh, you know, a day can look like, you know, fumbling through language study. I'm in the middle of trying to learn Khmer. Uh, It can look like, again, intensive courses. It can look like coffee meetings with uh, you know, members of our local Lutheran church where we're trying to disciple and mentor them. Uh, it can look like you know, wrangling our kids together to go to this place or that place. Uh, some things are <laughs> similar to what you might experience in uh, the U.S., and some things are totally uh, different. I'm sure my wife will have a very different answer to that question. <laughs> well, I would say the same in that there's no really predictable schedule Um, And yet with the kids, we do try to keep a certain routine 
as far as going to school and different activities. Uh, but I think we just, in general, are much more flexible uh, because things come up at a short notice. Yesterday, we had some friends that, that asked us to watch their kids because they had to go do an interview at the embassy and they just let us know the day before. Uh, so I know in the U.S. for some of our family members, that would be a difficult thing to, to sort of drop plans at a moment's notice, but that's kind of just normal life for us. So what was the community like before the pandemic? How would you describe the, the, the neighborhood, the community where you live in Cambodia? Kind of our, our, our immediate neighborhood context. Uh, you know, we live in a small neighborhood in the middle of Phnom Penh. So, you know, normally you would have uh, kids outside running, uh, you know, playing soccer, riding their bicycles. It's a very vibrant uh, little neighborhood. And then when COVID came along, you know, it's really quite interesting uh, how perceptions about foreigners changed. Uh, and I don't want to oversell this. We were never made to feel unwelcome or that we were outsiders. But we did notice a change because most of the cases in Cambodia, and there's only been 141, I think is the latest number, uh, 141 cases, but almost all of those are imported cases. They, In other words, they uh, are cases that have come from people who have uh, come back to Cambodia from the outside. And so there was this perception that it was a, a foreign uh, problem. And so um, we did notice a lot fewer kids coming by our house. Uh, normally our house is kind of like the, the hangout center for the for the neighborhood, but then there was a couple month stretch where nobody showed up, and we uh, kind of read the signs on the wall. Okay, uh, it's our job now to, when we're out, you know, wear masks and make sure that people see that we're taking it seriously, um, and to try to try to alleviate some of those public perceptions. So, with such a, a low number of cases, is that still the case uh, now? How is it now uh, in in your community? So things have started opening back up in the last month or so. Um, people are going out more. Restaurants and shops are are opening back. Uh, schools are still closed and churches are still not allowed to gather. Um, but yeah, life kind of looks like it's coming back more to normal because there are so few cases relative to other places. Um, mm -hmm. but we continue wearing masks and using hand sanitizer and just taking precautions. Sure. It's a, it's a really interesting bind for the, for the Cambodian people, because yeah, on the one hand, the, the number of cases is quite low, only 141. So you're thinking, you know, no problem, but actually, uh, Cambodia has a lot to lose from this. And, um, a lot of economists are saying that at least among nations in Southeast Asia, Cambodia will be the hardest hit economically, simply because so much of their economy is reliant on outside money, whether that's money that comes in through tourism or uh, economic aid or foreign direct investment. Uh, Cambodia has very little domestic uh, demand or domestic resources. And so the economy is just hurting big time right now. And we're already seeing businesses not surviving and people losing jobs. It's, it's, it's really devastating. Hmm. 
So what what was it like uh, right after uh, the the pandemic hit? Uh, you mentioned that that shops were opening back up. Uh, what what was what was closed? What what did life look like uh, right when the when the pandemic hit? What what was what was the effect on your area around you? Yeah, it's a good question. Actually, what was closed? I think sometimes maybe uh, what closes reveals the society's uh, values. I'm not sure uh, how. I'd push that. But in Cambodia, anyway, what closed? Uh, so restaurants closed, karaoke bars closed, schools <laughs> closed, um, religious gatherings were prohibited. Uh, what did not stop, however, and I always thought this was just incredibly interesting, weddings were never prohibited. Huh. And w- the wedding season happened right in the middle of COVID. And weddings in Cambodia are kind of a big deal. I mean, our wedding was, what, about 180 guests? I don't know. That's probably average-ish in the U.S. In Cambodia, that is a minuscule wedding. In Cambodia, you might have 500, 600, 1,000 guests come throughout uh, the the whole wedding. And so the weddings are then, of course, a, a, a ripe situation for spreading COVID. And yet at no point were the weddings uh, called off. I thought that was very interesting. <laughs> Hmm. Wow, that's fascinating, it right? Is. It is. Again, that's why I say some. It's almost like what closes and what doesn't close says something about what's valued. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, how has this impacted your local congregation? You mentioned being actively involved in a local congregation. How has the pandemic impacted the the meeting of the congregation and um, congregational life? Hmm. Good question. I think uh, a lot of the families in our local congregation actually left the city and went back to their home province uh, because life there looked more normal than it did here. They were able to find uh, food and spend time with their families. Uh, So a lot of the families kind of scattered and, and went back to their province. We as a family have continued meeting for worship um, on Sunday mornings and occasionally have had members of the youth group come to join us at our house for worship. Uh, but just, just now I think, uh, people are starting to think about when that's going to happen. The youth group has started to meet again. Um, and people have been doing more online teaching. So some of the pastors that we're working with have started recording, messages or even like a small worship service online that they send out to members of the church. Uh, So I think just like in the U.S., uh, in a difficult situation, we find alternative ways uh, to still feed members of the congregation with God's word. Uh, So we have encouraged our, our local partners to do that as much as this possible. We're talking with JP and Amy Sima, who served the Lord in the Kingdom of Cambodia. You're listening to The Coffee Hour. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back from that break, we'll learn more about how they're given to serve and how the pandemic has impacted the ways that they serve in Cambodia. You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. You're a miracle. You know that, right? A living, breathing, 
one-of-a-kind miracle. You were created to stand apart, to share your gifts in the service of others, to make an uncommon impact in a common world. And at Concordia University, it's our mission to help you do that, to live uncommon. To learn more about Concordia, go to cuw.edu. Welcome back to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. We're talking with JP and Amy Sima, who served the Lord in the Kingdom of Cambodia, uh, how they've been given to serve and how the pandemic has impacted their community, their congregation, and the ways in which they serve. Uh, before we went to break, we were talking a little bit about how the how your community has been impacted, how your congregation has been impacted. How has this impacted the ways in which you serve in your in your in in the, the work that you've been given and in your community? So early on, when uh, the COVID uh, closures were taking place, we realized that this could have a significant impact on Cambodia, not just in terms of health, uh, but also in terms of the economy. And we talked with our partners at the Cambodian Lutheran Church and worked to uh, address the needs that we saw happening and the potential uh, problems that they would encounter. And so together we put to put this program into place to serve about 350 families uh, in rural congregations throughout Cambodia. And really our, our church partner, the Cambodian Lutheran Church, um, led out on this project that's had participation from uh, the LCMS, the Lutheran Church of Canada, the Garuna Foundation, uh, and then more recently, the Lutheran Church of Australia. So it's really remarkable to see um, this collaboration that's taken place uh, with our local church partner to provide food uh, to these families in rural areas that have been hard hit. What does that kind of response uh, mean for these families? Uh, what is what is that day to day life like for them, uh, and how has that been affected during this pandemic? Uh, this, is, in some ways, you could say that this is just a drop in the bucket in, in terms of the challenges that Cambodia is going to face. But um, that being said, it's a big drop. Uh, this food aid for each family will be the equivalent of basically a month's worth of basic staples. So each uh, package has 25 kilos of rice. It has soy sauce, fish sauce. These are staples in Asia, remember. <laughs> uh, it has canned fish. It has uh, cooking oil. What am I forgetting? Instant noodles. Instant noodles. And yeah. soap. Yeah. And so this is a lifeline uh, in that it provides a month's worth of basic staples for a family. And that's no small thing when you've got families who – have members that have lost their jobs. So fully, you know, one million of Cambodians are employed in factories of some sort. And of course, across the country, uh, factories have been closing either temporarily or permanently, putting then families in difficult situations where they have no job. And then people are tied into the global economy in, in any number of other ways also. 
And so it, it just puts families in a tight spot. I think probably the families that, that have been affected the least are those that are just subsistence farmers. Uh, but that number, uh, the number of subsistence, uh, subsistence farmers in Cambodia is, is declining year by year just because of globalization, urbanization, and so on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are there other ways that you've partnered with other people or, or been able to reach out into the community around you and, and uh, care for those people? Yeah, even on this project, uh, not only did we have all the organizations that Amy mentioned help fund this uh, project, but then also there were other organizations that came alongside to provide other services. So for example, uh, when we traveled to all these different places all over the country to deliver the food aid, uh, representatives of the Concordia Welfare and Education Foundation came along and provided uh, training on hand washing and wearing masks, just basic preventative measures to uh, to fight the spread of COVID. Moreover, we had representatives from Lutheran Heritage Foundation and also uh, Lutheran Hour Ministries that would come along and hand out uh, different Christian resources, whether it's catechisms or ki- children's Bible stories or even just uh, tracts or other uh, resources that people can use in their community. So as Amy said, this project uh, not only was just a, a material benefit to the people uh, who it served, but then also as a great example of multilateral collaboration and mission. Hmm. You mentioned earlier how the pandemic has impacted a number of things in terms of closures, but it didn't impact wedding season that <laughs> significantly. Um, what about uh, the school cycle and education? What does education look like in um, Cambodia? And is the... the uh, is the school year impacted by this? How, uh, how does the, what does the outlook look like for schools? Definitely. Yes. The school has been impacted greatly, uh, since around February schools closed down, uh, international schools and local schools, uh, and the school year in Cambodia runs, uh, from November. So, Currently, the government is saying that schools will remain closed until November when the new school year begins. Um, At that point, I think they plan to reassess the situation. And if schools are able to maintain kind of basic standards of hygiene, hand washing, um, distancing, then they would be able to reopen. Uh, The private schools, of which there are many in Cambodia, Uh, often run on a different school year. Many of them open in August. And so they're currently working to petition the government for special permission to reopen according to their normal school year. Uh, But again, the process is not really clear. So on an individual basis, schools are having to go through um, working with the government to invite them to their school to show them how they plan to maintain hygiene Uh, But I've seen some statistics that among the private schools in Cambodia, they estimate 50% of them would be forced to close if they can't reopen in August because of lack of finances. Hmm. JP, how has this, uh, uh, the situation affected theological education uh, in, with, with the the Lutheran church in Cambodia? Yeah, significantly. Uh, 
for example, the Garuna Foundation, they have a program called the Luther Institute of Southeast Asia. It's a 20-course uh, theological training program, and I've had the privilege of uh, teaching a couple of those courses, but their slate has been wiped clean, certainly for the rest of uh, this calendar year, I think. Uh, and then who knows beyond that? Um, so, and then, you know, there have been some opportunities that I've been able to engage in for smaller group, uh, kind of seminar style theological education. So uh, was it last month? Uh, we gathered, um, I think it was eight students for a uh, discipleship in Mark's gospel seminar, just a three-day kind of intensive seminar. And we, so we were able to do that. But anything large scale that's got, you know, more than 10 or so people is going to attract attention um, and is going to potentially, uh, you know, be harmful for, for, for spreading unwanted uh, diseases. So, yeah, it, it's very difficult. Uh, we do what we can online. But, yeah, in rural Cambodia, people either don't have access uh, because the infrastructure for getting online isn't there or they just don't have the resources to uh, have a a device that is capable of doing anything online. So it's the challenges are significant and um, it, it plays into a larger challenge that Cambodia faces. Um, I think generally speaking, Christian mission work has done a good job of evangelizing Cambodia, but then the, uh, the discipleship that happens later has been a real struggle. And so there is just a high rate of people who become Christian, but then fall away. And my, my concern, and I pray about this often, is that, that this prolonged absence from church, this prolonged absence from face-to-face -face, uh, discipleship will play into this problem of people falling away. So please do pray for Cambodia in that regard. What's the outlook for uh, the congregation being able to, and for other congregations as well, but your local congregation being able to move forward and, and meet in person. Yeah, we don't, we don't really know. Uh, there's been no official news on when and how those openings can take place. And so like anywhere else, uh, creativity is the name of the game. And as Amy mentioned, there's been uh, online devotions and, and worship opportunities and then I think the pastors are uh, trying to be proactive in reaching directly to congregation members at homes in one-on-one uh, you know, -on -one meetings uh, so that people can get the spiritual care that they need. But that is a, an enormous burden on the pastors and their families as well. So uh, prayers for church leaders are also very, very important. And I'm trying to do what I can, uh, which sometimes isn't much and certainly isn't enough, just to encourage them uh, to come alongside them, provide them basic resources uh, to, to aid them in their pastoral care as I'm able. Mm. I'm sure that that is very challenging, as you mentioned earlier, in some parts of Cambodia, not having the, the technology infrastructure. You might be able to put services online, but if the families in their homes don't have the the technology to watch that, then there's, I'm sure, a bit of a gap, a, a digital gap there. Yeah, the other challenge, too, is that pastors are almost entirely, in Cambodia, almost entirely tent makers. In other words, they they are, you know, earning their family's income through some sort of other activity, not from the church. The church is what they do um, 
for free. Uh, oftentimes is just kind of a voluntary uh, situation. And so uh, pastors also are feeling the economic effects of COVID. And so they're scrambling to provide for their families just like anybody else. So it is challenging just on all fronts. Hmm. How can we keep up with uh, the work that the Lord has given you to do in Cambodia and uh, what's happening there? Thanks for asking. Uh, yeah, we'd love for people to keep up. We have a, a photo blog that we keep at www.semafam.com. And uh, when you go there, you can sign up for our monthly uh, newsletter. Uh, we post videos, pictures. That's a great way uh, to keep in touch. And we certainly uh, welcome your emails and uh, your interaction as you uh, are interested in what God is up to uh, all the way across the world in the kingdom of Cambodia. Very good. JP and Amy Sima serve the Lord in the kingdom of Cambodia. Thank you so much for spending some time with us today and being our guest on the Coffee Hour. Our pleasure. Thank you. God bless you. You're listening to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support the Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you. Anytime. Anywhere. Anywhere.